Let's pray together. Father, as we now come to your word, Holy Spirit, would you now, through your amazing power, reveal to us what it is we need to know and what it is we need to do. Give us the strength to do it. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've probably heard it said, and, and it certainly is true, certainly spiritually speaking, that actions speak louder than words. God, in His Word, continually calls His people to action. He goes so far in some sections of Scripture to even say, look, I care more about what you're doing than what you say you believe, or even the sacrifices that you're making. If you go and look at the last part of Psalm 51, he says, look, I don't want all this religious stuff. I want your heart, and your heart will be revealed in your actions, in your obedience. What we believe will come out in what we do. And it's one thing to say that you love God, to say that you love His people. It's another thing to preach the sermon of your actions that reveal it. Our deacons preached some great sermons yesterday. Our deacons were out taking care of our widows, and they went and they shoveled the the driveway and the sidewalk of over 40 of our widows. And they do that not because they, yeah, let's give it an affirmation for them. And they do it because they love our church. They don't just talk about our church. They don't just speak of it. I mean, every day they're in hospitals, funeral homes. Every day they're calling to check in on our people to make sure that, that they're doing okay. But then they go over and beyond in, in, in days and moments like these and, and care for these sweet widows. One last night sent me a message and said, Pastor Jason, I'll see you at church in the morning. Our deacons cleared a path. They made a way. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that, I mean, and, and that's, that's what happens when you love. That, that, is, that is an action that expresses the reality. You know, that's what God's looking for. And we've got to be smart with our actions. This morning, our, 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 our scripture, it really calls us to, to be smart. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me now to the book of Haggai. If you haven't figured out what Haggai is yet, if you're visiting with us, just go to Matthew and take a left. You'll go past Malachi and Zechariah, and you'll hit Haggai. If you hit Zephaniah, you've gone too far. Go to Haggai chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at 10 verse 19, and uh, Gabriel Sledge is going to read a portion of that for us. Gabriel, there you are. Let's all stand together in honor of God's word. And she is going to, look, I'm in Zechariah. Where am I? All right. All right. I got you. Here we go. All right. Can you read that for us? Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priest about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, it does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so is it with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands and what they offer here is unclean. The word of God. Thank you, Gabriel. If you would go ahead and be seated. Understand what we do, that is our actions, they matter to God. God blesses those who live for what is best. And you are never living for what is best until you are living in light of what is next. What's next is the coming judgment of God. What's next is God's reward. And we pursue that reward when we live out our faith, hope, 
and love in the actions, in the very things that we do. Look what it says in verse 19, and take this very personally. The last sentence of verse 19. God says this to his people. He says, but from this day on, I will bless you. What does that mean? What what is God's blessing? I'll tell you. It's God's evident presence in a person's life. God's blessing is God's evident presence in a person's life. Knowing that God is with you, knowing that God is for you, knowing that God is working through you is God's blessing. It's not just about having comfort. It's not just about having things. It's not just about having things go your way. That, that's not necessarily God's blessing. Listen, don't, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having possessions, but that's not the point. There's nothing wrong with having good circumstances, but that's not the point. There's nothing wrong with having things go your way, but that's not the point. The point is Jesus Christ and Him crucified and raised and living in us and through us. That's the point. And when that is the reality, there is a blessing. And we so need to avoid the lies, the outright lies of this so-called name-it-claim-it theology, this so-called prosperity gospel, which is no gospel at all. What breaks my heart as much as anything about this weather is I know that there are many good, godly people who want to sit under the teaching of Scripture who today can't get access to it. And so they're turning on their TVs. And sadly, some of them are listening to trash in the name of God. They're listening to this name it, claim it theology, this so-called prosperity gospel, which is trash. It is garbage. It is a lie. God doesn't care so much about what we have as, as who we are. And who we are is revealed in what we do. God wants to give us so much more than a shallow sense of comfort and possessions and and, and priorities in the eyes of other people. God wants so much more for us. He wants the blessing. But instead of me going on about it, why don't we just look at God's Word? Look what God's Word says is His blessing. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. God's blessing is revealed in the person who is living for God, whose roots are down deep in that living water. And no matter the circumstances, no matter whether things are going their way or not, no matter who turns against them or talks about them or whatever, there is peace, there is confidence, there is hope, there is God's blessing. God's blessing is revealed in, in the many things God gives us. Again, this, this is Jesus. You know this. You know this sermon. The Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look what is theirs. Look, at, look what goes to those who are blessed. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. There's certain things only God can give, and God gives us the best things. He gives us peace. He gives us mercy. He gives us satisfaction. There is only one who can fill the longing of your eternal heart, and that is almighty, eternal God. And until you are satisfied in Christ, you will never be satisfied. He gives us sonship. He gives us all the, the blessings of His power and His presence. He gives us heaven itself. This is the blessing of God. And, and, and we, with this, are able to do great things for God. We can have an experience that no, no other can. None outside of Christ can have what Paul talked about in Philippians chapter 4. Paul sharing his testimony, sharing his blessed life. Look what he says. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. That alone is one of the greatest definitions of blessings there is. Find me a person who is content, and I will show you a person who is blessed. You will never be content until you know that your sin is forgiven and your future is secure in the hands of God Almighty by grace through faith in Christ alone. Paul knew it. He says, I'm content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. What does he say? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Why? Because he's blessed. It's beyond his comfort. It's beyond getting things his way. It's beyond possessions. It is in his being because in his being, God resides, lives, is living. The life God blesses, it's seen in fruitfulness. Again, what does Jesus say in Luke 6.43? For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a, a, a bramble bush. Who you are is revealed in what you do. If you are of God, then the fruitfulness of God is revealed. And what is the fruitfulness of God? It's the fruit of the Spirit. We, we see it, we read it in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's a single fruit. It's love. And then what does that love look like? Joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. When you are living in the power of Jesus Christ and you are obeying Him in the power of the Spirit, you are living a life that is blessed. You are living out this, this glorious, happy life. I love what uh, Dr. Bill Bright said. You know this one? The happiest Christians are holy Christians. You want to be happy? Be holy. Obey God. Seek His will. That is the blessing of God. But here's the matter. Here's the matter at hand. Go to this text. I want you to under, I want you to see this. Go to this text. Go to Galatians six seven. Here's the matter at hand. Here's. I want this to be. We've seen what the blessing is. Now, let's look at the crux. Let's look at the issue, and then let's get into Haggai. Because here's the thing. And here's what we got to know. And here's what we got to stamp on. It's your Bible underline it. If it's our Bible, underline it. If it's on your phone, highlight it. You need this. Galatians 6, verse 7. Sounds like it's raining here. I like it. Find that text. There. Galatians 6, 7. Get this. Do not be deceived. 
God is not mocked. God is not a fool. He will not be made a fool of. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. You cannot deceive God. Don't deceive yourself in thinking you can deceive God. God will not be made a fool of. If you sow faith, hope, and love, you will reap righteousness in Christ. If you sow sin, you will reap destruction. This is true physically. What you sow is what you get. It is also true spiritually. What you sow is what you get. We began this series, we began this year with me asking a question that I ask of us often. And I ask it for a reason because it's an important question. The question is this. Can God bless me? Can God bless you? Can God bless us? Can God bless living hope? God does not bless sin. What does God bless? What does God's blessing look like? That's what we see in our text. Go back now to Haggai chapter 2. And let's understand this text and let's, let's take into heart what God has to say and then let's respond in faith. See, our text reveals to us many things we need to know about God's blessing. And the first one is this. God's blessing is not found in disobedience. It's not. The context we find in verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. It's third sermon. When it is, it's very important. They are now three months into building the temple. Remember, they went 18 years without building the temple. So now here they are, three years in, and they are now being obedient. Also, they have just put all the seeds in the ground. So they have planted their crops. They have now enjoyed a couple of months of the fall rains. They're anticipating a harvest. They have sown righteousness. They have sown their crops in faith. And now they're looking to God. They're looking for, for God's blessing. Now, these folks understand, even before they were obedient, they were already saved. When they first got to Jerusalem, the first thing they did was they built the foundation of the temple and they built the altar. On that altar, they were making sacrifices for their sin. So they were saved by grace through faith. Every sacrifice in the Old Testament, every drop of blood that was shed pointed to the ultimate blood of Christ that would be shed for our sins. They were looking forward by faith. And so they are saved, but they were not obedient they had not built the temple. And so here they are three months in, and God wants to remind them. He wants to remind them how important obedience is. And so if you look in verse 11 through 13, what Gabriel read just a moment ago, you see God posing this question to the priests and to the people. And he's, he's asking about what is clean and what is, what, is, what is unclean. And this comes out of the Levitical Law Code. Instead of kind of diving into that, let me just to explain it in, in parental terms. Most of you will understand it. Let me, let me ask God's question in another way and, and see if we can't understand it like this. And, and, and I want you to answer this question out loud. If you take a sick child and put that sick child in the presence of children who are well, will the children who are healthy make the sick child well? Yes or no? No. If you take a sick child and put 
a sick child in a room with a bunch of well children, and they all drink after each other and play and laugh, and germs go galore all over the place. Is it probable that the well children will soon get sick? Yes. That's what he's saying. He's talking about how sin contaminates our lives. What he's saying is, and what we need to understand, because a lot of us don't believe this, is this. You cannot compartmentalize your spiritual life. Here's what we humans tend to do. We tend to think that God grades on a curve. We tend to think that, okay, I'm in church and I'm doing pretty good. No, what I'm doing on the internet's wrong. No, I'm not tithing. No, I'm, I'm not kind to other people. No, I'm not honoring my wife, my husband. I'm not keeping my vow. No, I'm not being a good friend. No, my dating relationship doesn't honor God. No, I'm not being obedient in other areas. But in this area, I'm awesome. A snowy Sunday in January 2016. I was in church. The rest of those slackers watched on the internet. But me? What we want to do is we want to point out the good, we want to ignore the bad, and we want to think that, oh, we can compartmentalize our lives. And God says right here, now you can. Your sin contaminates your whole life. Now, understand what that means. Their position, these people who, who God is talking to here, their, their position is secure. They were saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. They, they had the blood sacrifice that covered their sin. They were no longer guilty before God. They were God's possession. He refers to them as this nation, as this he, he owns them. They're His. That's their position. But their condition was not blessable. Although they are God's people, their condition is not blessable because they are not being obedient. Yes, they left Babylon. Yes, they left money. Yes, they left resources. Yes, they came to Jerusalem. Yes, they turned away from, from this, this one way of life apart from God to join God in His kingdom purpose. Yes, they were obedient. Yes, they were saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. No, they were not blessable. Why? Because they were not living obedient to God. They had a, they had a position of grace, but they were not in a condition that was blessable by God. And so what does God do? He does what any good father does. He disciplines his children. And so what we see happening in chapter 1 in those first two sermons is God saying, this is why you're not getting crops. This is why things aren't working out for you. Because you're not being obedient. This is what God does with his children. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they discipline us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good. Please don't miss that. But he disciplines us for our good. Why? What is, what is the goodness? What does it mean to be blessed? That we may share in his holiness. 
because a happy Christian is a holy Christian. But when we go through this discipline, it's never pleasant, friends. It's never pleasant. Ask any child with a good parent if they enjoy their parents' discipline. They're going to say, no, no, I don't. But here's what we need to remember. I, I, this is uh, May Bailey. I'm reading a book by her right now. Look what she says. Anything that causes you to pray is a blessing. What does discipline do? What does hardship do? What does pain in our life do? It leads us to pray. It leads us to cry out to God. Friends, know this. Anything that causes you to pray is a blessing. And there's nothing like suffering. There's nothing like God's discipline that leads us to pray. And it is a blessing. It's a blessing of God calling us back. No, it doesn't change our position. Our position is eternally secure in Jesus Christ. But that obedience changes our condition so that God can bless us in that condition. God is calling us to be faithful, to be obedient, to be smart with our actions so that He can bless us. So understand, God's blessing is not found in disobedience. And two, God's blessing is not found in resolutions. It's not found in talk. It's not found in things that are started but not finished. These people had, again, left Babylon. They'd come to Jerusalem. They'd made sacrifice. They were now there. They were resolved to build the temple, but they didn't. Yes, the foundation was laid, but they did not build the temple. How many of God's children sit here today who have the foundation laid, the foundation of gospel grace by which you have been saved, but who have not built their lives into a temple holy, pleasing unto God. And your disobedience keeping God's blessing. You say, well, I resolved to, I committed to, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to. That's great. God doesn't bless resolutions. God doesn't bless commitments. God blesses obedient actions. But not just any obedience. Please get this. Write this down. This is crucial. God's blessing is found in righteous obedience. It's the first word. It's important. Righteous obedience. Not just obedience. Righteous obedience. Remember, these people were made right. The altar was built. The blood was shed. The sacrifice made. They were saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. So they're made righteous by faith. And then the obedience that God calls for, that's what leads to His blessing. So it is true of us, and so God's Word says clearly, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. That's the only way you're saved. It's not through your deeds, through your actions. You're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, or not at all. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, not what you did, so that no one can boast. Positionally, you're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Where does the conditional blessing come from? 
For we are created, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Where does the conditional blessing come? When we live out the purpose for which God saved us. Why did God give His Son? So that we would be made holy. So that we would live holy lives. And holy lives are happy lives. God wants us to be happy. God wants us to experience the fullness of who He is. But that can only happen if you've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ through faith. And that happiness only comes in as much as you're obedient to Him. Friends, remember what it said in Galatians. God will not be made a fool of. He will not be mocked. Whatever you sow, that's what you'll reap. If you sow obedience, you will reap God's blessing. And if you don't, your Father will withhold that blessing. Listen, I'm a dad. And here's the deal. I love my children, and no matter what they do, they're still mine. They have my blood, they have my name. They are mine, no matter what they do. My blessing comes conditionally. I have resources, I have opportunities, I have things that I want them to have. There are things that I give to them, but I only give it to them in as much as they are faithful and responsible with their lives. If my children are not faithful and responsible with their lives, I remove the blessings. I remove the blessings. Phones, keys, things that I think they're mine. But I give them. You know why? I want them to be blessed. Now, I'm a decent dad. I'm not great. But our God is. Our God is the ultimate Father. And here's what you need to know about our Daddy. He's not going to bless sin. He wants to bless you. He wants to pour out the blessings of all of heaven into our lives. But He will only do that in as much as we are responsible with our lives. We've got to be smart with our actions. We've got to be mindful of what's next. We've got to live for what's next. You're never living for what is best until you're living in light of what's next. And so remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19-21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor dust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is God saying here? Don't live for your comfort. Don't live to have possessions, popularity, things that can be taken from you. Live in light of what's next. Live for what can never be removed. God's blessing God's blessing is the greatest gift you will ever be given. And when you live out that blessing, and you live for that blessing, you earn a reward. Revelation talks about it. Revelation 11, verses 16. 
and 24 elders to sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. So this is what's next. This is what's coming. The nations raged, but your wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints and those who fear your name, both small and great, for destroying the destroyers of the earth. The rewarding of your servants. Good news. It's not just then, it's now. The greatest blessing is God Himself. And when God is first in your life and you're living for Him, great is your reward. Great is the blessing. So I gotta ask you the question again. Take it to heart. Remember, God will not be mocked. He will not be made a fool of. You will reap what you sow. Let me ask you, is your life blessable? Can God rightfully bless you? If you're not righteous, He can't and won't. If you have not been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, you're on your own. And there's no means by which you can receive God's blessing. You are under God's wrath. You will be judged. You will live in darkness. You will die. And you will spend an eternity in hell. But by grace, by the blood of Jesus Christ, if you will receive it by faith, you will be forgiven eternally for your sin. You will be made a child of God and your home is heaven. Are you righteous? Is that your position? What about your condition? Are you blessable? Are you living in obedience to God? Or is there an area of your life that you have let go under a deceitful lie? Friends, God wants to bless you. Do you want His blessing? I want to invite you today to receive it. I want to invite you today to come to God and say, God, I want you. I want you over my life. I want you in my life. I want you sovereign over every relationship, over every word I say, over every thought that comes from me. I want you over it all because I want all of your blessing. I'm tired of contaminating my life with this one area. I want all of your blessing. Would you today, with confidence, approach the throne of grace and ask God to give you what only God can give you? Satisfaction, mercy, and heaven itself. He'll give it. You've got to ask. you got to receive it by faith. Let's stand together as we pray. Lord, I, I ask right now that you would give courage as you have now brought conviction. And, and Lord, that there will be some who would say, Lord, bless me who can get on their knees before you right now and ask for your blessing in their life, in their marriage, in their home, in their circle of friendship, in their academic and professional pursuits, in their dating relationship. Lord God, there are so many ways in which we can be deceived, but thanks be to God, your grace is sufficient. 
your mercy is never ending. And we can come to you and we can ask for your blessing. We can receive it by faith and then we can pursue and live a life that is blessable. So God, hear the prayers of your people. Hear us as we sing of our commitment to you. And, and Lord, bring glory to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.